It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schapp. Welcome to this edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Schapp. As we say goodbye to 2022, we look forward to 2023, but first, we need to recap 2022. I'm going to play some of the highlighted interviews from this past year from here on, from right here on From the Short Grass. But first, let's look back. How about let's look back at the major champions of 2022? Scotty Scheffler broke through and won the Masters Tournament. Justin Thomas won the PGA. Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Open. And Cam Smith won the British Open. First, the Masters. Scotty Scheffler entered the week of the Masters Tournament as the world number one golfer. And then he won his first major at Augusta National Golf Club with rounds of 69, 67, 71, 71 to finish at minus 10. He was three shots ahead of Roy McIlroy and five shots ahead of Shane Lowry. Justin Thomas won his second PGA with a massive comeback to claim another major title. This time at Southern Hills Golf Club over in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He won with rounds of 67, 67, 74, 67. He was at 500 par, tied with Will Zalatoris, who shot one over in his final round. Justin Thomas won the three-hole aggregate playoff over Will Zalatoris to win his second Wanamaker Trophy. Matt Fitzpatrick, speaking of Will Zalatoris, Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler finished second in the U.S. Open. Matt Fitzpatrick, though, one shot better. He had rounds of 68, 70, and then back-to-back 68s to win at minus six. That final round, 68, of two under par on that Sunday, won him the U.S. Open Championship at the Country Club in Brookline. He became just the second player to win the U.S. Amateur and the U.S. Open on the same course. The other... Jack Nicholas and the course was Pebble Beach. Winning the British Open was Cam Smith. His final round was highlighted by five straight birdies on the back nine when he shocked the golf world to claim the 150th Open title. He had rounds of 67, 64, 73, and 64 in his final round to win by one shot over Cameron Young, two shots over Roy McElroy, and Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland finished at minus 14, six shots behind Cameron Smith. Right now, we're going to take a quick break here on From the Short Grass. When we come back, we're going to highlight some of the interviews that we've had over this past year. 
But first, I want to tell you about Blackman Auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Find them on the web, blackmanauctions.com. One of our great sponsors of From the Short Grass. We're back after this. Stay with us. Heading to El Dorado to check out some live music or to play Mystic Creek? Stay at the Haywood, the only boutique hotel in the middle of downtown and the Murphy Arts District. If you are spending a weekend in Hot Springs, make plans now at the Marriott Courtyard close to Lake Hamilton and Oakwan. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group manages both of these fine properties and you will rest easy knowing that your every need is taken care of. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels on the web at bphotels.com. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The economy is changing slowly but surely. The market is slowing down in a gradual slide. Not an emergency yet, the sky is not falling, but a change is coming. When times are good, auctions make buyers compete to buy at the highest market value. When the economy gets tough, auctions force buyers to make a purchase decision. Either way, auctions get the highest return for a seller and a strong deal for a buyer. With an experienced auction company, it's a simple process. Go to blackmanauctions.com for more information. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. At Stevens, our philosophy is to invest every dollar as if it were our own. To seize opportunity. To anticipate rather than react. To deliver constant focus in an ever-changing world. And to pursue the objectives of our clients in order to help them reach their financial goals. A proven history of helping companies and individuals. Stevens, member NYSE SIPC. Welcome back to this edition of From the Shortgrass. I wanted to highlight just a couple of interviewees that I've had on From the Shortgrass in this past year. To do that, I decided to go back and pull some of those interviews and let you hear them again. It's not going to be the whole thing, just uh, some snippets from each of these individuals. So without further ado, now on the tee, Jimmy Dykes, Glenn Day, Hunter Yurichek, Steve Sullivan, Stacy Lewis, and Austin Greaser. I hope you like these that I've selected. One of my favorite memories of when Joe was in the NBA, I was living, uh, I was single at the time, living in their house in Little Rock in the offseason, mm-hmm. house sitting for the Kleins. Tough job, but somebody's yeah, got to do it. It's a tough job. Uh, it wasn't too far from PV. It was a really nice house. But I flew up at the end of the season. Joe and I was going to drive his vehicle home from Boston to Little Rock. Dana and I think. Maybe Daniel was born at the time. They were going to fly home. So it's going to take us about two days. And at the beginning of the second day's drive, I was asleep. And Joe nudged me and said, hey, look at that sign. And the the sign on the side of the road said French Lick, seven miles. He's like, yep, we're going to spend the night with Larry Bird. I could oh not believe it. I, just, I could not believe it. Like, I, that was my idol. That was my idol. I mean, he was as big as it was in, in the game at the time. And we spent... Uh, a day, a night, and another day playing golf and spent the night in Larry's house. And that was not very many people get to do that. No. They don't. And the amazing thing about that story, Trey, is uh, that was in June because the NBA playoffs were going on. Uh, and we were sitting there actually watching the finals that night. The commercial popped up, if you remember, Bird and Jordan had that commercial where they were playing horse off the wall, off the building. Yes. Off the, yeah. Yes. And I was like, that's you. Like, I'm sitting in your house watching this. But So that was in June. I go back up to Boston probably six months later, the beginning of the next season, to, to see Joe and spend a couple of days walking to the Celtics training facility and, and birds walking down the hall. And he said, hey, Jimmy, what's up, man? 
So I, like for him to just remember my name, you know, I thought that was, he didn't have to do that, but it, it just tells you some more about Larry Bird. So you went total fanboy. Oh my gosh, yes. I didn't try to hide it. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my all-time, one of my all-time favorite players. I'm How not the only cool one in that, that line. All day. Where did that come from? You have to tell me your side of this. Well, it, it actually came from Mr. Nicholas. And, you know, he was picking on me and everything. Well, then Jim Nance got a hold of it. Oh, boy. And uh, and we were playing in Chicago, and Mr. Nicholas and I had played a practice round, and Jim was riding around in a cart. And, of course, I mean, golfers are brutal, as you know. I mean, we pick on each other hard. And Mr. Nicholas is no – he's no shame to picking on somebody. Everybody was scared to give him a hard time. Well, right. I gave him a hard time back, and that's why we became – friends and i played with him a lot but jim heard it well lo and behold i happened to play good that week i think i finished like third and when i was on tv nance started it and boy mr nicholas just thought it was the funniest thing in the world <laughs> and now you've got it on your license well plate. you know here here's the deal i was not fast okay and i'm still not fast i looked in the the rules book and it didn't say you had to be fast i actually talked to mr nicholas at length about speed of play and how to because he wasn't quick either and uh you know he he gave me some pointers and stuff and i've gotten a whole lot better but i was slow so i had two choices either i could have embraced it at the time which i did or i could have tried to fight it and then i would have just been run over and uh you know so i just i just embraced it you talk earlier about jennifer y'all were dating your first year in Europe, engaged your second year, and then married your third year. Take me back to when you first met Jennifer. It was at Burns Park. Okay. Arkansas Open. I didn't have enough money for a cart, and she was helping Steve behind the desk. Her uncle. Yep. And so I, I, you know, I was talking to her, and I talked her out of a, out of a free cart. Most <laughs> How did you do that? Most expensive free golf cart you've ever had in your whole life, I promise you. How did you do that? <laughs> I we just got to talking and everything and and uh you know I think she was dating somebody at the time and I'd actually met somebody. We didn't go out then and then later we played a tournament at Belvedere and I met her down there and Bob came up and played a tournament in St. Louis called Bogey Hills. Bob Ralston. Yep, my father-in-law. Mm -hmm. She was up there with him and so I saw her there and 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 we kind of started dating and you know, now we leads to two beautiful daughters. It's kind of like fate, though. Here you are, a professional golfer, and you marry the daughter of a guy that had one of the best swings oh, that golf has ever seen. Yes, it, it, he definitely was. I tell everybody he's the best player that I've ever played with, ever. There's a lot of aspects to the game of golf. And Baba was only missing one thing, and that was part of the mental game. He had the physical game down pat, and he played a lot of golf. He played with on the Champions Tour, and he played. Gary Player used to come up on the range when Bob was hitting balls, and he'd have everybody come around watch Bob hit balls. I mean, you'd turn around, and there would be Raymond Floyd and Mr. Nicholas, and I mean, all of them, Trevino, they'd all be sitting there watching Bob hit balls. I mean, that's how impressive he was. Best golf course you've ever played? Uh, you know, that's kind of a trick question, and I'm going to tell you why. I will be honest with one thing. I am a spoiled little brat. My kids tell me I'm the spoiled PGA brat. I'm a spoiled PGA brat. And in saying that, it's because when we played 
golf courses, they're always manicured oh, to the perfect. best they can be Yes, that week. So I'm very lucky in saying that. The hardest golf courses you ever play were the old U.S. Opens. They were so hard. It was it was unfair so hard. The In 99, when Payne Stewart won at Pinehurst, uh, I can remember, I rem- I don't know the number of the hole, but it's a dog leg right. Now the kids hit it over the trees and try to drive it, and we used to hit it to the corner. And, hit- and anyway, I hit a wedge in there eight feet right of the hole, and I was lagging the putt one foot right of the hole to two putt. Because if I missed the putt and it got left of the hole, it's it was going to go 70 yards down off the green. Wow. So it, it the U.S. Open was always a mental, you know, a mental test. Uh, and the golf courses are always perfect. Now, that being said, the, the most fun you have playing golf is in Ireland, Scotland, and it's all related to the weather. You know, if the wind blows, if the wind doesn't doesn't blow it's not that hard of a golf course right but you know st andrews if the wind doesn't blow the scores are zero but if the wind blows you know it's hard to shoot even par sometimes when tiger woods came on the scene i bet your eyes lit up he was hitting golf shots that that nobody had ever hit before now maybe mr nicholas when he was younger but i can remember tiger's I want to say it was his very first event. It was at Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. 18 was a par five. Fluff was caddying for him. And he was like 260, 240, 260 out. And it was uphill, this par five. I couldn't even get there in two. I don't think I ever got there in two. And he hit a two iron, just sky high, flew it right in the middle of the green. And everybody was just like, oh my gosh. How do you get a two iron that high? And those were blades back then, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Mr. Nicholas used to do it. You know, there, there, there are a few. He's, he's, his talent level was amazing. 2019, hosting the Men's and Women's National Championship at the Blessings Golf Club that Mr. John Tyson built, and uh, it's phenomenal golf course. Having Maria Fossey walk up that 18th hole and have people calling the hogs, when I had Shauna on, she said that was the most cool moment because you know about calling the Hogs in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, Bomb Walker Stadium, Bud Walton Arena. But to have it at the Blessings on a golf course was kind of special. It was uh, an incredible moment. I agree with, with Shauna. One of the most incredible things I've seen because a golf course is uh, you know very somber atmosphere, very quiet, and uh, to see – Shauna and Maria walking up the 18th fairway to the 18th green and several hundred Razorback fans surrounding that 18th green calling the Hogs was really, really cool. And then to see Maria hit that putt and win the national championship in front of her home fans on her home course was really, really cool. What did it mean to you? as an athletic director to see that? Well, <clears throat> what it meant to me is uh, Maria w- is just one of those personalities um, that you just gravitate to. And her and I had developed a, a really 
cool relationship because of the person that she is. Uh, she opens herself up. She has fun. She jokes with you. And it was really special for me. She was one of the first student athletes at the University of Arkansas that I developed a bond with. And so it was really cool for me to see that happen for her. And I knew how much that meant to her. I knew how much that meant to Shauna. And I knew how much that meant to Mr. Tyson mm-hmm. because he had that same relationship with Maria probably tenfold because of he'd been here a little bit longer and seen her grow as a young woman and a young golfer and he'd invested in the blessings for just that moment to see the Razorbacks either win the team title or an individual title. You talk about that relationship. Is it the same with every athlete? I mean, is is your door always open to them? My door is always open to every student athlete. We have 465 student athletes. Some are more willing to come into the athletic director's office than others. Some just have that personality. Some want to learn about athletic administration and want to talk to me about the career and my career path and how we got there. Some just want to come and, and talk and visit. I have a candy dish that's sitting on my, my table there, and that's really for, for student athletes so they feel comfortable coming into to the office. But um, I feel like you know I've got three biological children of my own, but I have 465 other children uh, that I thank the world of and want to have a great experience as student-athletes. How soon did you meet Barry Brandt at Channel 4? Because you guys yeah. would play golf every That's day. Right. We didn't play every day. We played a lot. Could. Here's the story about Barry, too. Uh, he, I, I remember, my, mem- my memory's not probably that great, but I don't think he was that much better than me when we started and we played at Rebsaman. And then he got married and he moved to Pleasant Valley and Barry is light years better than me now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's part of the part of that country club forces you to play better. Yeah. And if he didn't play better, you know, he wasn't going to get to play in any of those member guests and everything like that and um well why didn't you join the country club well i didn't have the money you know so <laughs> nor did i have the games so it was like it it was uh did you two play for anything uh, oh yeah we had we'd play we'd play like teams and we 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 were highly competitive and um and that was great great times too i remember one time barry told me it was pouring at my house, and he said, hey, come on down. It's fine here. And I got there. It was pouring there. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Barry's been great. And Barry had the greatest save for me in uh, fr- Friday night flights. We had a kid from Pine Bluff return two kicks for touchdowns in the first half, and his name was spelled, the first name, D-E-D-E-T-R-O-N. And I knew it wasn't Detatron. And Barry thought, came up with the idea, You call, we, let's call him the D-Train. And that's we never once even thought of pronouncing his name. It was the D train, and I credit Barry Brandt with Barry smarter than me. So he came up with that. <laughs> well, you've come up with some good names. Yeah, well, that's some how, fun how did names. how did how did you start doing well, it was that? The Great Shabazz was the first one, and then Madre Hill said he wanted a nickname, and then you know if if a guy was uh, consistently doing well, and he had a he had a a, a name like Philip Bredden Butterfield, just fun. Philip Butterfield from Lake Hamilton, and uh, and then people would get in on it. Like Jason Peterson had one. Larry Walls of I think he was somewhere in Pine Bluff. Larry Great Walls of Fire. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And it was, uh, and you come up with you know these names and these, and it's just having fun, and it's making making you know something special out of a highlight, and you never know when it'll stick. But the guy's got to be good every week. You just can't name a guy, and you come up with some that are. Now, you know, I was thinking when I named the kid over at Pulaski Academy, the little guy, I named him the Pocket Rocket, and I was thinking like um, Andre Richard, the hockey player. I wasn't thinking any other way, but 
the news team when they heard the pocket rocket just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> said you can't use that one no we did we continued to use it though the kid kid embraced it he was good with the nickname so okay. it was all right but yeah i had a that's to this day the only tournament i've ever pulled out of because of my back um but i had issue with my back wasn't able to play and then we got it fixed up and a couple weeks later went and you know qualified at a regional played finished third i think at the regional and qualified to go to nationals by myself and Lo and behold, we come away with the trophy. What did it mean when you saw Maria Fossey <laughs> walking up the 18th hole at the Blessings Golf Club, and they're calling mm-hmm. the Hogs? Uh, you, you don't hear that outside of the the major venues that mm-hmm. often, but to hear that on a golf course, did that give you some sort of satisfaction? Like, hey, the Hogs have finally made it, and also the fact that Maria Fossey is now an NCAA champion as well. Yeah, just I think more than anything that the players are seeing the value of coming to Arkansas and seeing why, why I love it. I just tell people, I love this place. I love it. And as soon as, as soon as you come on campus, I think, you know, that. And um, so just seeing these great players come to Arkansas and put it on the map and gosh, I couldn't imagine walking up 18 at home at the blessings, winning the national championship. I mean, I don't know how you ever top it, to be honest. I mean, I think anything Maria does from there, unless it's winning a major championship of her own, you know, who, I don't know how you top that. Um, just what, what an experience. And, um, you know, she's been a great, like Gabby too. I mean, they've both been such great ambassadors for the university of Arkansas and, um, and continue to try to build the program. Like I do. Does Hunter Juracek send you a Christmas card every year? <laughs> he should, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my goodness. I got thrown so, right into the mix of all that. <laughs> I was going to say, so the uh, chancellor at the time, John Steinmetz, names you to the group that's going to help select the next AD. And lo and behold, right. your husband is the golf coach at the University of Houston. And did you have a conversation with, hey, what do you think Hunter would be good for this job? And now look at what Hunter's done at Arkansas. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was one. I was honored just to be um, be selected to to have a voice and have an opinion in that. In that, you know, they wanted you know some some people from the women's side to make sure they had a say in things. And um, obviously, got to know Hunter through the process. And then uh, the chancellor actually called and said, "Could you go to this interview with me in Houston?" So here I am going to interview my husband's boss. I mean, it's, I was like, this is going to, this is going to be so weird. You know how, I mean, this is going to end. I mean, I got requests from the media for, you know, emails and text messages. And luckily they told us that in the first place, they said, just do all phone calls, like nothing over email. So I, I didn't have anything to send anybody, you know, about anything. So uh, it was, it was just such a strange process, just being that he was my husband's boss, but just knowing how much, how much my husband thought of him and how much he loved working for him. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised that he was one of the, one of the finalists. When were you told that he had gotten the job? Actually, my husband found out before I did. <laughs> and that's kind of strange. He, uh, he got a note, uh, Hunter had sent a message out to all the head coaches that, you know, he, he was obviously moving on. And so I actually found out that way before I found out that, uh, that he was the final selection. As an Arkansas alum, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to have pride in seeing what he's done, not just with, you know, women's golf, men's golf, but the entire athletic department as a whole. I mean, it seems yeah. like it is at the top, maybe that it's ever been. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you look at all the sports across the board. I mean, no, no one kind of get the feeling that no one's getting lost and and that's how it should be. You know, people should be ta- being taken care of it. 
I think it's really cool to see the softball and baseball teams both. I mean, softball, especially, I mean, they struggled so much for so many years and, um, the job they're doing is unbelievable. So, um, so, I mean, I'm not surprised with Hunter. I mean, he did a great job at Houston with a pretty limited budget and you get, get to a bigger school, you got, you got a little bit more to work with and, you know, college athletics is becoming much more of, it's more of a business now than it has ever been. So, the coach, the old coaches moving into the athletic director roles, you're just, I don't think you're, you're not going to see it. And if you do see it, it's probably not going to be as successful just because of it's, it's more of a business. Two of your biggest dreams are to play in the masters in the U S open. And for me to have that chance uh, at 21, I would be 21 when I got there. Um, it's, it was hard to sleep that night for sure. When you got that invitation to Augusta national mm-hmm. and the masters, what went through your <laughs> mind? I'm not one to cry, show a lot of emotions, but I think I did when that official um, Augusta Augusta letter came through a little bit. I, it was just maybe a tear or two, but uh, it just it meant a lot, man. It, it uh, I practice hard, um, I work hard, and it just felt like a lot of that preparation and practice was kind of um, you know showing some fruit of the labor, I guess is maybe how I want to say. Um, but it just meant so much. I mean, I, you know, we all do all high end athletes do, I guess, but we, we give up a lot in our lives Mm -hmm. to, to be really good at what we do and to put the extra hours in to be better than the next guy. And, you know, we give up a lot of friend time. We give up a lot of family time probably, and we give up a lot of other stuff we could be doing. And as soon as that envelope came to my mailbox, all the things I'd ever missed out on was worth it, you know, and, and not that I was doing it for that, but it just kind of was like a, you know, this is one of the things we've been working for, for my whole life. And, um, the fact that, you know, I got to open that envelope was just beyond, beyond words, um, how special it was. Did the Masters tournament live up to the hype? Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, you're, the players are treated like kings that week, man. It's unbelievable. Um, there's everything's in place for you. Anything you need, you know. They're they're the workers there. I mean, I don't mean to say this in a bad light, but they're they pretty much serve you all all week. I mean, they are there to cater to you. They're there to make it as good as they can. And um, you know, you watch it every year too on TV. You know the course so well. So the fact that I was getting to walk Augustus fairways um, at the same time as Tiger. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And I have so many memories that's going to live on for forever in my head, you know, from that week. If you could take one memory away from that week yeah, that just got sticks out, yeah. what is it? So the second round, I, I teed off about two hours and 15, two hours and 20 minutes before Tiger both days. And so both rounds, as I was walking up to nine green, Tiger was on one tee. Oh, and wow. If you've ever been there, yeah. they're both back to back. So as I'm walking up to nine, nine green, um, Tiger's walking off of one tee and I mean, just a sea of people. Yeah. Right? Like I can't see Tiger, but I know it's Tiger. <laughs> right. Right. You know? And so I had hit it pretty close. I hit a really, really good shot up the hill to a back pin, probably 10 or 12 feet. And at that time I'd been playing pretty good. I think this putt was to get me to, um, I want to say even par for the day, yeah. two over for the tournament or something like that. And the conditions were tough. <laughs> so I have this 12 footer and I make the 12 footer for birdie and the roar from my birdie putt made tiger step off his set approach shot on one. And that is the coolest thing I've probably ever done in golf was the one of the roar from my birdie from the spectators around nine green um, made tiger step off his, his approach shot on number one. So that's going to live on forever for sure. <laughs> did you give it a little fist pump? I think I did. I don't remember. <laughs> um, I don't remember, but I remember, you know, kind of hearing the roar a little bit and, and kind of walking then from nine to 10 and a little, and some, in some, in a tunnel of people kind of, you know, here and there, hearing my name kind of yelled and stuff like that. So just 
such a cool moment, man. Just so, so cool. I want to thank all of the great guests that we've had on this year, and I want to thank the sponsors as well. And one of those sponsors I need to thank, Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Matthew Allen and Blair Allen, the Allen brothers, they know how to manage hotel properties. So if you're looking for a place to stay, go to their website, bphotels.com, find one of their properties that they manage, and book a room. Book a night. You will not be disappointed in your stay at a Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel. One of our great sponsors are from the Shortgrass Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We're back with more from the Shortgrass after this. Stay with us. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. You all know by now I'm not a good golfer, but my son loves the game and he and I have been playing more. I've got my score down to, uh, I've quit playing a scramble on every hole. I'm using the bunker rake much less than I used to, and a lot of the time I hit my drives past the women's tee box. All of my success in golf can directly be tied to me listening to From the Short Grass. Without it, I would not be the golfer I am today. Trey, you owe me 20 bucks for that. Trey knows golf. I know auctions. Come see us at BlackmanAuctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. When your travels take you to Bentonville for a meeting with Walmart, a trip to Crystal Bridges, or the Walmart Amp for a concert, make sure you book your stay at one of the top Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group properties. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group manages the Doubletree Suites, an all-suite hotel with tons of meeting space, and the Hilton Garden Inn, which has been newly remodeled rooms throughout the entire property. The best place to stay in Northwest Arkansas is a Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group property. Visit them on the web at bphotels.com. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. Goodbye, 2022. Hello, 2023. Remember, when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you in 2023 from the Short Grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.